Hello and welcome to this UK film review filmmaker interview with Marcellus Cox, a filmmaker and director. Marcellus, how are you? I'm doing great, Chris. How about yourself? I'm doing really, really well. And uh, whereabouts do we find you uh, today? Uh, we're from Los Angeles, California. Uh, I'm at home actually at my desk right now. I'm doing a little bit of rewriting uh, on Mickey Hardaway's feature. So uh, that's pretty much what I'm right now. Fantastic. And I can see from behind you, the sun is shining. So it looks absolutely glorious where you are. <laughs> um, and you mentioned the, the Mickey Hardaway feature. So um, the, the short I kind of understood to be a proof of concept. So uh, and now it's going to be a feature length. Is that right? Uh, yes, it is. Um, it actually wasn't really meant to be a proof of concept to begin with. Um, me and my uh, producing partner, Armando Townsend, I actually had the funds from the investing group and they backed out on us because of COVID. So we took the little money we had left and uh, we shot the proof of concept on our own. And um, I wasn't really sure how it was going to do, but it's been an absolute blessing in disguise. Uh, I mean, it's a massive disguise, but a, but a beautiful blessing. So it's been everything and more than I ever hoped it would be. I mean, I absolutely uh, was blown away by the film. I thought it was really powerful. I watched it for the, the first time this week. Um, for people that don't know uh, about the story of Mickey Hardaway, um, what's the what's the plot that you would, how would you describe the film to them? So uh, Mickey Hardaway is about a sketch artist who goes to visit a uh, well-renowned psychiatrist and attempt to try to gain control of his life or a little bit of control he has of his life uh, after physical and verbal abuse has taken a toll on him and family and just people in general. I really would say that this story is more about dreamers for dreamers. So people who actually have artistical goals and, and, and wants uh, in, in, that, in that sense. So that's who I basically would say I would make this, I made this film for, I'm selling it. And you're the, the writer and director, so where did the the story kind of come from uh yeah was it something that you wanted to to say or was it more personal how how did it originate uh it's definitely more personal um especially as someone who has dealt in many ways still dealing with with people not i, I guess necessarily accepting the dreams accepting the goals of wanting to be a professional artist um uh, because people, people don't believe this is a a livable profession but it's, I think it's just, it's a lot more than just letting it be a livable profession. It's actually offering something to this world that's more than just working the typical nine to five. It's an artistical expression that just many people don't possess. And to be able to showcase that on screen or showcase that on walls or showcase that in sketches or, or whatever, it's just a passion that, that goes beyond our understanding. That was really something that I wanted to showcase. And, just for those who, who are in the same artistical field as I am, whether it's cinema or whether it's art or, 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 what, or whatever, so on and so forth. It doesn't matter if your, your race, religion, your, your orientation is. I just wanted to show what our passions are, what our dreams are. I also wanted to show the realistic side of those who don't believe in our goals, those who don't accept our goals, those who don't, who don't wish ain't good upon those goals. And the consequences that come from that, not only from the artist's perspective, but also for the people who caused those issues to begin with from the get-go. And it's, you know, the film has many relevant themes, but one of the themes that you're talking about there that is um, perhaps noteworthy over the last year or so has been the importance of art and whether or not, you know, we've seen 
com- uh, countries and their governments where they're trying to save money often it's the arts and often you know it's not those kind of sectors that 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 flourish and we've seen it here in the UK where um you know they're not supporting artists quite often you know they're shutting them down and not helping them grow and then it brings up the conversation about art and you know and money and business people like Netflix and then things like that Amazon Prime and is that something that you were aware of with this film that it was going to try and touch on those sort of um discussions I felt that they would have the themes to it, but I never really felt that it came out. I, it was going to come out the way it did in terms of it. Uh, that wasn't the the actual attempt, but I can understand where it was going the moment I did it. And it, I think I kind of just went with it in many ways, because I think that's what, what it is today, is that art is suffering on, on another level today because of what's happening with the pandemic. Many people are not wanting to, to invest in it. But then, like you said, you see companies like Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu who are giving artists, these individuals, opportunities to showcase their work, even at the worst time that we've experienced, maybe in any lifetime. And you're seeing the work flourish and flourish even more because you're giving these people opportunities to be able to showcase what's on their mind and what's in their hearts. And I felt that that's kind of the thing to some degree that I wanted to tell, but didn't intend to tell, but I could see where it was going. So I'm actually glad that that, that is well uh, showcased and well respected within this film. And I, I would hope that going further that I would include that more because I feel like it's going to be a main service, a topic going forward in the future, especially with cinema. Yeah, absolutely. And there's discussions are, are carrying on in, in that, in that realm in terms of where we're getting maybe access to more voices and more stories. Now, um, you know, there are people putting more money behind those, but also, if you look at the cinemas that are about to reopen, that you've got, you know, the franchises and they still dominate. They still dominate the cinema. Um, you know, it's harder to get your films into the cinema. Um, did Mickey Hardaway um, play at any kind of big festivals? Did you get that cinema experience for it? Well, we played some pretty big festivals, but I mean, here in America, mostly a lot of the major festivals have not really kicked off yet. So, right, I mean, other, other than the likes of, like, a Sundance or, or even a South by Southwest, I mean, it's all been hybrid. So you haven't really had the opportunity to get that theater experience again with a live audience. Uh, I'm hoping that in the summer that, that that will be the goal. So when you see a lot more of these other mid-major festivals, uh, the Rhode Island International, the Holly Shorts, or, or the, the so on and so forth, you know, and they have those filmmakers come back and showcase those work. You get that theater experience again because it's much needed. But uh, I feel like right now, I, I personally haven't seen it because everything has been hybrid between online and some theaters, but some theaters have been limited, you know, experiences for, for, for a limited amount of audiences. So it, it, to me, it doesn't feel the same. You know, I know a lot of people like to watch movies at home and stuff. I, I, I personally, myself, am not a fan of it. I'd love to watch it in the theater with live ones. And that is what we're seeing a lot. You know, I think the the choice should be there, um, but there there is that call back for the, the cinema experience. Um, and obviously with your film, there was a, a a choice to put it in black and white or you know, without colour. So what was the reasoning behind that? Um, this is really more of a personal, um, a personal vendetta on that because 
I feel that that black and white brings a certain truthfulness, a certain rawness that that color just doesn't possess. You know, I I feel like especially because I'm such a huge fan of, of the French New Wave, and I love those stories, and they're so powerful and, and they're so impactful. And a lot of it is not only just with the storytelling, but a lot of it is also with the color. Those stories are just so beautifully shot and they're so well told and they actually speak to this a certain realm of reality that I feel like Hollywood style black and white, like noirs just don't present and, and just color in general, because I feel like color glamorizes your story more than anything. I feel like people's more focus will be on the colors, on the beautiful like landscapes than anything. I feel like with black and white, for me personally, it just brings out a certain rawness. And that's really what I wanted to present with a story that's already dealing with a constrictive nature individual. And I just feel like the color just won't do him any justice. I feel like color won't do the story any justice. So I just felt that black and white was the perfect realm of, of, of storytelling to go with this. It works really well because the film has um, emotional depth. Well, it worked for me anyway, that because the character, um, you know, central character Mickey Hardaway is, is experiencing this coming of age section where maybe he's going to turn into an adult and you know suddenly put up a fight against these forces that seem to be wanting to restrict his creative freedom and there is this sort of burgeoning um uh, need to blossom almost almost he's going to come out and that's that's going to and there's the the scene where he um uh, interacts with his dad um who you know that scene was so power so shocking and so powerful and and, and raw as you said raw i think the feeling of it um really comes across with that how important was the casting then because um i'm guessing it was yourself that put together the cast or was it someone else uh it was me mostly uh putting the cast together um a lot of the actors i have worked with in the past who i was admirers of like david chatham who you mentioned who had played randall hardaway the father i was a massive fan of i've seen him in, in previous work and I have always wanted to work with him on something. I just felt like I never had the project to, to, to bring him along until I had this. And I finally uh, was able to get some money behind it. And I sent him the script and he read it and he was just immediately on board. Uh, also being able to work with uh, Stephen Coco Jr. who played um, the doctor, um, Dr. Harden, who I, who I absolutely adore. I adore Stephen Coco. That That's my brother. You know, uh, we've worked together on numerous award-winning projects and, um, you know, being able to work with, with Charles Williams, Angela Davis, you know, these are guys who really just brought my vision to life and I owed them everything. It's interesting about Rashad, who played Mickey. Um, I cast him two weeks before shooting, um, believe it or not, um, because my lead actor beforehand had um, backed out because of COVID, which I understand. I got, I got to understand the concerns. I mean, I didn't think about it at the time, honestly, because you're so, you know, creatively in the song. You don't take other people's feelings into consideration sometimes. So I do want to personally apologize to him. Um, but with Rashad, it's when you're two weeks in and there's no face-to-face contact, you're doing all of your, 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 uh, your uh, rehearsals, so to speak, on FaceTime. So, <laughs> which was really interesting, you know, and the only time we ever actually met was on the set. So right in the middle of the shooting, it is, it's pretty remark- it's pretty damn remarkable the way that he was able to pull this off. And for this to really be his first major role, and he, he killed it. You know, he truly did kill it. So 
Casting was was pretty easy, except for for Mickey, but man, Rashad was amazing, and this whole cast in general, which is unbelievable. So, for the feature length, then will Rashad be coming back for that? I definitely hope so. I hope to bring everybody, uh, Steven to, to David, uh, Charles. I, I, I definitely uh, hope and attend to. But you know, it's one of those things too where you're dealing with potential investors. They want to have name actors. Hopefully they, they, they will understand that this is the cast that I truly had in mind and vision to bring this story to life. I mean, I can't imagine anybody else playing these roles. You know, especially the way that they, they've made such a powerful impact on this story. It, it will be very difficult to, to move forward without them. Uh, my, my gut feeling is I definitely bring them all back. They will, will, will have fun running the back again, you know? <laughs> but, um, I mean, if you have to make those business decisions, I will talk to each and every one of them personally one on one. And hopefully, you know, we walk into some, some, some sort of understanding. But I, I don't envision kind of that. I believe that Rashad will be back. I believe that Stephen will be back. David will be back. And we're just going to do it again. So we made a great concept short. Let's go make a hell of a great feature. <laughs> oh, fingers crossed on this side. Yeah, definitely. It'd be great to see that again. Um, and in terms of the film, then, um, so we mentioned earlier about the themes of you know, perhaps the, the creativity element, but also there's a strong uh, element of stereotypes. Uh, I think it's even mentioned within the dialogue about black stereotypes and the characters and, and things like that. Is that something you want to expand more on in the feature or are there other themes that you're looking to develop? Um, I think it, it'll, be, it'll be expand enough to where I feel like I talk about it enough, but it wouldn't be the main central theme of the film. I feel like for me, I really just want to explore just the, this, the certain levels of Mickey's life. So Mickey's, I mean, his adulthood, you'll see him, when he, he's older, he's uh, more into the art world. And you kind of see those stereotypes of, of, of black stereotypes dealing with race and dealing with people who know you're talented, but just because of who you are, they can't advance you. So those things will be brought up, but um, it, it'll, it'll explore multiple different levels of his life, love to, to, to just dealing with family in general. So it, it'll explore all those levels and all, explore all of it from a mental capacity. Because I really, I, I feel like the biggest thing that, that I think for this film, most black men will realize is for years, we've been taught not to express our, our emotions. So we've always been taught to, to kind of hold those, those feelings in. I think with this film, I really, really want to showcase not just men in general, but just black men, particularly that it's okay to, to, to express yourself. It's okay to, if you, if you feel like you need to cry and get those emotions out and get it out, because I feel like certain things happen within our culture, especially amongst men, that when we don't say anything, this is what happened. We bottle these things up and then it just becomes a counterpick. So I really just wanted to explore those things more and just show the artistical side of what happens when you don't have that support, the, the consequences that come from it. I mean, it sounds like you've already got this pretty well planned, so I don't know if you're going to tell me this because <laughs> it's probably a spoiler, but are we going to get a lot... Is it going to go kind of a linear way in terms of Mickey's life? Are we going to go back? Is it going to... How, how do you see the storyline, or am I not allowed to know? No, you're 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 allowed to know. I just won't tell you the ending. But <laughs> you're gonna go, you're gonna go back into his life from his childhood, and you're gonna go into the to the present. 
and we'll also move forward into the future future so you're going to have three different chapters of this life basically from eight years old to uh to 25. so basically you, you're going to get the, the multitude of mickey's calendar so you you'll get everything and, and then some in between I mean, that is just absolutely teasing, really, Marcellus. I can't, you know, can't wait for the feature. Um, <laughs> you're just going to have to send it over. Um, so apart from Mickey Hardaway, is there anything else that you're working on right now or has that got all your attention? Um, well, I have several other scripts that I'm, I'm working on. So as I move, move after Mickey Hardaway, because this, this project has been my life really for about 16 years now. I'm 33, so... It's oh my god! It's from seventeen to thirty-three now. I'm I'm tired of it, so I can't <laughs> I can't I can't wait to move on to the next project. So after that, my uh, my next script I, I hope be the second feature is a uh, period piece called uh, Jefferson Street, and it's set in 1951 uh, East Texas about a uh, a black detective from Detroit who travels down to the, uh, to Texas to investigate the mother I mean the murder of his mother at the hands of the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, that will be the next project, and then after that, I have another one called the, uh, the Pool Sharks, which is more of a, uh, a Bonnie and Clyde hustler piece about two pool sharks who travel across America hustling money in different competitions. So that that is something that I, I really want to uh, to work on as well. I also have another one, um, a um, a psychological sci-fi called the Dream House, and it follows a young man who enters a uh, an empty uh, house in downtown LA where you can buy dreams and daydreams and passive aggressive thoughts, anything that brings a certain joy to your life or that allows you to, 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 to sleep well at night, but it comes with a price of your soul. So these wow. are just a couple of projects that are... A bit, a bit different. Yeah, that that was was a different ideas, right? That's, that's incredible. That's some brilliant story. I feel like you've just given away a load of pictures. <laughs> No, you know what? I, I, I don't mind giving it away because I'm letting you know that I'm working and I'm thinking of ideas. I want to do something different, something every single time. I never want to give you anything that's the same. So I can give you multiple different genres. I think everything except for comedy. I'm not there yet in comedy. Comedy is extremely subjective. I have to I have to to, to think on that, but I, I'm I'm always gonna give you something different. I'm always gonna give you something that that can be real and, and brutally honest, but also has a message within the job. So those, those are just a couple of projects that I have done and ready to go. And uh, hopefully once I get Mickey Hardaway out the way, we can get on those. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, sounds like you're, you're going to be super busy. Um, do you have any um, filmmakers that kind of you would say are influences on you? Uh, is anyone that you either working now or previously that you'd say you look up to? Um, working now in terms of, of cinema. Um, I love Paul Thomas Anderson. I adore Paul Thomas Anderson. I love Steve McQueen. I love Barry Jenkins. Um, in terms of this filmmakers in general from the past, I, I love Robert Altman. I'm a huge fan of uh, John Houston, Igmar Bergman, Akira Kurosawa. I, I love storytellers. I love Kubrick. So I love storytellers. I love filmmakers with messages. So somebody who's not afraid to take a certain genre that you wouldn't expect them to take it on and actually elevate it more with the storytelling, with the direction. 
just just with their vision. So I, I love those type of artists more more towards the, the art house, more indie styles type. So those are just a few artists that I, I admire and really kind of, I guess, shape and pattern a lot of my, my work and after. Just really where I just get motivated to create my own work. So those are just filmmakers. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, Martha, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Um, where can people see Mickey Hardaway if they want to see it, the short? Um, right now, you can catch it on uh, Shorts TV on their uh, on-demand or TV app. You can also catch it on Revolt TV's um, on-demand uh, apps as well. And if you really want to watch it and you can't catch on any of those, you can always find me personally on uh, Instagram slash sellersworld24 or facebook.com slash myselfsfox24. You can also go to my uh, email page, um, uh, sellers24. Just reach out to me on my email. I, I guess I'm, I am giving everything away. Don't give your email out. <laughs> if you could just give us your, uh, your card details, your credit card details, that would be great. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but, no, uh, we'll put the links out actually for you, Marcelo. So yeah, we'll, we'll make sure people can find you and find you know, the film. Um, but obviously keep us uh, updated with the feature. We want to we see that 100%. Um, yeah. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, honor really to talk to you Marcel. so you know, thank you so much for your time really do appreciate it uh no problem chris i appreciate it and maybe when when, when things get better I'll, I'll share maybe one credit card information with you <laughs> oh, that'll be that's perfect uh this was been a uh, uk film review production um and we'll see you again next time <laughs>